somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from as Nostradamus. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. Tonight on That Kevin Show, the sideline sanity of Michelle Tavoya, the world's funniest police officer, Kevin Jordan, supermodel Elizabeth Pitko, and new tunes from Lindsay L. And now, from the city that's so special, we charge you money just to visit. Here's That Kevin. Holy cow, it is. I am That Kevin. And yes, New York is so special that if you decide to come visit, we will make you pay about $16 to cross a bridge or go through a tunnel just to get here. And if we, if you're coming via the airport, you're going to Uber or pay for a cab that's going to go way more than that. And they're going to charge you for the same thing. So just, that's how it works in the big city. Welcome to uh, the weekend. So glad to have you with us and so honored and thrilled to have the brand new That Kevin Show finally launch. We've been working on this I, since last summer, basically, when uh, we said, hey, what, what can we do to uh, put a bright spark in people's weekend and make it something that, you know, it's safe for your family to watch, but also something that's going to be funny and keep you up to date on breaking news as I want to do every single week. And there's no better place to do that, particularly on the weekends when there's kind of a slower news cycle, than to just go straight to the headlines. For instance, take a look at this one. Top Republican in Congress wants to torch Hunter Biden uh, for this wrinkle in the classified documents probe. So there's this there's this little element that Hunter Biden, the son of the president, you know that guy. He's the guy that... Um, first denied that the the daughter that he had with the <clears throat> adult dancer uh, was actually his and said, no, there's no way it could be until they dragged him to the to the court and said, well, you're going to take a test. And the test said, oh, guess what? It's, it's yours. And now the mom of that daughter has said, uh, well, if it's his, can't he have his name so that there's some sort of like, you know, part of the legacy that gets to be his. And uh, Hunter's now taking her back to court to say, no, I don't want to give him my name. Classy guy, that Hunter. Anyway, that guy, um, the, the the guys in Congress, they're kind of confused. Like, okay, Hunter, you haven't had a job in I don't know how long. How were you paying $49,612.87 to your dad in rent every month? I'm just, how does that work with no job? Oh, money laundering. Okay, let's see. We'll, we'll, we'll check on that in the days to come. Anyway, the president got wind of this this this. Republican torching, trying to torch Hunter Biden. He said, we can take care of that. You know that Corvette I got? It can run over documents. Awesome. So just, you know, back it out, run. And lo and behold, now the police in the area are looking for uh, matching tire tread to a classic Corvette that may have been spotted in the area. I'm not sure. Anyway, how's that, how that works? Um, this headline, Paige Sporanic. Is she a golfer? I, I she, Is she good? I don't know. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not good at golf. So I, okay, well, we'll have to figure that out. Anyway, she, she is giving men advice about dropping into her DMS. Now, 
if you've ever had someone slide into your DMs, it's a pretty uncomfortable thing to begin with. But in fact, it's uncomfortable saying sliding into your DMs. Like I, it just makes me feel icky when I hear the phrase. But she's got advice for the <clears throat> gentlemen that are trying to do this on Instagram. Um, she said, actually, uh, if you're going to ask me out, probably shouldn't diss me on your social media prior. And I'm thinking this is kind of common sense. Uh, the, the, the guy wrote back and, and asked for forgiveness. And she said, you were this close, this close anyway. All right. Last story, terrifying moment for airline travelers. The, the, the plane takes off. They are on route. They hear a bang, big bang. And suddenly something begins to fall into the ocean. Now, the the um, the governing authorities of the airlines said that it was an engine that fell into the ocean, which would be bad enough. But when they did the investigation, they actually just found out that it was nothing more than United bag handlers in the uh, bottom of the plane throwing guitars into the ocean. And if it did, I wouldn't bring my luggage because you just go and break it into so have having uh, said that uh that's a look at the news here at top of the hour we got a lot more serious stuff coming up let me give you a preview of tonight michelle tafoya former sideline uh guru for nbc football uh, the nfl on nbc She's going to be here give us a little uh preview of this coming divisional round of the playoffs a little bit later uh, Elizabeth Pipko, who has had a very successful modeling career, is with us. She's got some new projects tonight that she's going to be uh, telling us about. And we have the first new music spotlight of the year, Lindsay L. from Canada, big country star. Uh, she's got a brand new single that we're going to enjoy, and she's joining us as well. So I'm looking forward to all that. But before any of those people get here, Oh, we've got uh, Kevin Jordan, the world's funniest cop, going to be with us as well. Hope you'll hope you'll stick around. But before we get to any of those folks, I've got to introduce my first guest tonight because you've already enjoyed some of the uh, handiwork that these two brought our way by way of the new theme song. Ladies and gentlemen, they are Grammy Award winners. They are multiple Dove Award winners, and they are joining us from their studios tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Dick and Mel Tunney. <laughs> Guys, hey, welcome back to New York. It's been a little while since we've uh, had the chance to chat, even face-to-face, -face, but it's so good to have you here. Great to be with you. Good to see you. Congratulations on the new show. Absolutely. We're already uh, fans. Well, that's... I, well, thank you. Let's see if that still works in six months. We'll we'll, we'll take it one night at a time. Um, I want to talk to you about the the process of how uh, you helped this show come to life because uh, this has happened on now a couple of projects that we worked on on different things in the past. In fact, Dick, I was remembering when we did the uh, the audio book for the Thief on the Cross project and the I think I gave you two words. I think I said Schindler's List and Downton Abbey. And you're like, boom, you went into the studio and created this symphonic score that was just uh, amazing and beautiful. But I want to know what happened when I called you guys and I said, hey, I've got another need. And it doesn't sound like either one of those things. Uh, <laughs> and again, I just gave you a few words. And then what you, you guys pick up the story from there. What happened? Well, you gave us more than a few words. 
You said, here's what I want it to feel like. Here's the context of it. This is what the show's going to feel like. You gave us a pretty good overview of what it all was. And I think you and I were talking on the phone and I went downstairs and said to him, well, hey, Kevin's got a new TV show and he's, <laughs> he needs a theme and he wants to do it up and he wants to do this. And it needs to feel like that. And in, I mean, I promise in 10 seconds, Mel goes, here's what the opening thing needs to be. And so in the next probably 90 minutes, two hours, we just came into the studio and started playing and started fiddling and started messing around. And it was, and it was, it, it happened so easily and so quickly. Um, and then, uh, you know, after we finished that, Mel's writing and thinking melodic things. I'm thinking what the band is going to do. And so I put a little track together, sent it to you and said, what do you think? Yep. And I was and, sold. And, well, well, let me ask you this because Dick and I have worked on a few things together, but he just gave you just a couple of lines. How did you know that it was the New York attitude, the punch, everything that it had to be like, it's like those first few notes define it all. It's interesting. Um, you know, when he, when he told me what you had said, um, literally I did, I got this idea and, and honestly, babe, we didn't, we didn't do it in that moment. It was, it was a little bit later on and I, and we were, we set aside some time to do it. And I said, let me just show you this idea. And I said, I think I've got this, this melody. And he said, now remember, we need this to be edgy kind of New York and that kind of stuff. And I mean, we're the writers of let there be praise. And so we have to, you know, it's, we've got to, we've got to try. tap into your inner Paul Schaefer on this, man. I mean, that's what we're looking for. Exactly. And so um, he said, so, I mean, it needs to be that. And I said, well, let me at least show it to you. So we went to the piano and like he said, it just, it came so quickly. And, and honestly, that's such a picture of, of what the Lord does. You know, he pours that creativity into us and we we sometimes then stand back and say oh my goodness yeah where did this come from and that's that's what we've done well as i've as i've played different iterations of it for people they were like this the, the two things that stood out immediately as they said is that it sets itself apart from everything else that's out there and that it'll be just as uh, current you know 15 years from now and uh dick and mel Tunney from nashville i couldn't be happier than to have you be an embedded part of the show on this level. Thank you for joining us tonight and thank you for all your help. Our pleasure. We'll do it again anytime, Kevin. All right. It's the very first night of That Kevin Show. Stick around. From New York, it's That Kevin show. See, I knew it. Ah, uh, come on, Kev. What's a few classified documents between friends? I told you. I told you all the time. I knew it. I knew he had some too. Here he is. That Kevin. Kevin McCullough. All right. Kevin McCullough, very glad to have you with us. And I am always uh, pleased to welcome my next guest uh, because she is not only one of the smartest women in, um, in, the, in the entire country, when it comes to uh, the world of sports, specifically the NFL, which uh, in my book, if you're female and you can, and you can recite NFL chapter and verse, that's pretty cool. Uh, but she's also, she's also taking on uh, a whole new chapter in her broadcast career as the host of the sideline sanity podcast with the Salem podcast network. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Michelle Tafoya. 
Michelle. Wow. Good to have you. What a nice intro. Thank you. Good to be here. Um, and we haven't talked since the very first week you were on. So now that you've been doing it for a while, how, how do you like the podcast gig? I like it a lot. It's very, it, there's a lot of freedom. I can talk about whatever the heck I want to talk about. <laughs> no, no one tells me what I can or can't, you know, touch upon. And I like that freedom. I really enjoy having unusual guests um, and, and broaching some topics in a way that I, that I like to. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I I'm, think sh- for, I'm sure for going from NBC to Salem is kind of like a little bit of a mind warp. I mean, for, <laughs> in terms of what you're encouraged to think about, do and say, well, you know, I, no one ever told me what to think about or say when I was at NBC sports, I will give them great credit for allowing me to go do some speaking engagements that were definitely on the conservative side but again you had to just watch your social media and that kind of thing and it's very freeing to not have to worry about that anymore and just be able to post whatever the heck i want to i'm not worried about you know anyone else getting hurt except for me and uh, I, I tell my kids hey if you're ever uncomfortable let me know and i have yet to hear from them so <laughs> i'm all, i think i'm all right sounds like all's working in the right direction there yes. um well i want to talk uh, a little nfl obviously um it's one of my biggest uh, funnest things to talk about um but i want to i want to deal with this subject first because you made actually mention of it on your uh, twitter feed this last week and it has to do with the um with the incident with Buffalo Bills, uh, uh, Mr. Hamlin and and what happened yes. on the field. And it's kind yeah. of been an inspiring uh, story. And even if people this week were watching the Tampa Bay Dallas game on Monday night, there was a, you know, a very scary uh, kind of moment there in the second half where um, the Tampa Bay player, I'm, I'm forgetting his name, but he, he had to be carried off. And I think everybody, the first thing that went through their head was, you know, uh, what's, what's going on. And a lot of people, Michelle did not know, and I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't know, but a lot of people did not know that the NFL has a lot of players that after every game in every city on every field of play that happen to be God fearing, usually Christians that come together and pray at the center of the field uh, and they do so every game, every every season, every cycle. And the I think the Hamlin story kind of brought that out. But you kind of pondered on this a little bit on Twitter, saying this is a good thing for us to be talking about prayer in the sports arena. You know, I, I think it is. I, I don't know why we've become so afraid of that term, pray or prayer. And I found something interesting uh, recently in Buffalo, the Sabres the NHL team came out after DeMar was hospitalized. And instead of wearing shirts that said, pray for DeMar, like the entire NFL was right. using the slogan, pray for DeMar. I hate to term that a slogan, but you know what I mean? Right. Those three words, they, their shirts said love for DeMar. And I wondered why that, if that was an intentional staying away from the word pray. So they wouldn't look Look, I live here in Minnesota where recently at the Mall of America, a guy was asked to take off his shirt that said Jesus saves or to leave the mall. And so, you know, that to me is really not an offensive shirt. And he was told if he wanted to continue to shop there to take it off or he could just leave. And it's gone viral. The video's gone viral. And it's embarrassing to me as a Minnesotan to think that if one person's offended by a shirt or a couple people in a massive mall 
are offended by a shirt that a guy should be accosted by security and, and be told you can't wear that shirt just because it says Jesus saves uh, or Jesus is the answer. I mean, I, we're looking for stuff to be offended by in this day and age. And it's, I just loved that people weren't afraid of that in that moment yeah. with DeMar, you know, let me move on to, to some of the fun stuff. Um, this last week on Monday night, um, I was told by every uh, Dallas hater in my life that uh, <laughs> that Tom Brady was going to dust off the rust, and it was going to he they were he was going to come for them, and it was going to be eight wins and zero losses against the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, my assessment was that Micah Parsons took that a little bit personally, <laughs> uh, and I think that. Um, Dak was playing for his life, and I think that the combination of that motivation seemed to really come to fruition. How do you shape up the divisional matchups and what you're seeing coming out of the wild card round? Well, that was a fun wild card round. It really one of the was best fun. I've seen it, in recent it was years. Really actually, fun. Yeah. it was really fun. I didn't expect myself. You know, I people ask me if I miss the sidelines. Do I miss being there? And I, I, I honestly, I was so prepared for this that I don't. I, I, I love being at home watching. And you don't want to be on the sidelines in Buffalo with the blowing z minus zero wind chill. And <laughs> no, I'm walking my dog in the same weather here in Minnesota. So no, I do not. Yeah, but not while the game's going on. You're sitting in, in front of your 70 inch plasma. Yeah. Yeah. Just with a, with a nice warm fire going. That's yes. it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't envy that. I, look, I did it for so long and I loved every minute of it and I wouldn't trade it for, for much of anything. Um, but I, I, I was ready. So watching it though, I, I've, I've just been surprised at how much fun I've been having watching it. And that Dallas game, I'll say this, and I tweeted this out after the game. Do you want to be the team that faces Dallas right now? They look extremely confident, which is something that look, I've covered so many Dallas games. I think I've done more Dallas games than any other team in the NFL, but you do know how they played the week before. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I understand that. Um, but you know, look, they looked really, really good. Yeah. And um, I, so that can start a role. That can really start a role. It's it's how you're playing and when you're playing that way. That is so key. So, um, you know, I, it, it's going to be tough for San Francisco. And But gosh, what a story in San Francisco. Oh, it's going to be a great Rock game. Purdy kid. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Let me ask you NFC specifically. Um, does does New York or San Francisco have a better shot at breaking through on the team that looks like it's the hotter one? Oh, I, it's a great question. Because um, I was surprised at how well the Giants played and I was very too. dominant I was in their too. performance. I mean, it was, yes. Now, I will say this. The Vikings' defense was pathetic Yeah, and and not what the Vikings are known for. I mean, I, that's what, to me, has been so disappointing about the Vikings this year. This is a team that's always had the purple people eaters and, you know, just great defenses, and they haven't this year. Real quickly, <laughs> AFC, Cincinnati goes to Buffalo. Jaguars go to Kansas City. Is uh, Is Trevor Lawrence's run over this year? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's done for them. I think it's Kansas City is just too much. I personally, I, I would love to see the Bills keep going. I, I, I'm i a huge fan of that team in terms of what they stand for, who they are as people. Michelle Tafoya, host of Sideline Sanity. You can get it anywhere that podcasts are aggregated at. Michelle, we'll talk to you again down the road, but uh, thanks for being part of the Salem family and thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Stick around for more of That Kevin next.
next. That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough. Here he is from New York. That Kevin. Kevin McCullough. Welcome back. So glad to have you with us on our debut night at That Kevin Show. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun in the second hour. Supermodel Elizabeth Pipko is going to be here. No longer a New Yorker. She's one of those people that moved down uh, to Florida during the pandemic. Got all the sunshine that she could, but she's got a new project out uh, tonight. And we'll have some more uh, fun stuff. The Dry Bar Comedy Troops back. And, of course, the new music spotlight for tonight, which brings, these, brings me to my next guest. Because in 2022... Uh, she finished third, only behind Taylor Swift uh, with um, Antihero and Harry Styles with his incredible run, 15 weeks at the at the number one spot. Um, but she finished third behind those two in our New Music Spotlight Song of the Year, as determined by you, the viewers, and so forth and so on. All of that, plus she's just become an American citizen. This is so cool. I'm so glad to welcome, please help me welcome, Lindsay L. <laughs> Lindsay, it is great to have you with us. Thank you for being here. Welcome to New York. Where, where, where are you joining us from tonight? Well, thank you so much for having me. I am joining you from Nashville, Tennessee, my home where I live. But, um, but thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. I, I love your fans so much. <laughs> the viewers of this show are incredible. And the fact that they voted me third behind Taylor and Harry, like T-Sweezy and Harry, like yeah. I am just, I'm honored. Well, and, and I got to tell you, I'm going to fanboy just a little bit here. Um, I, I'm a musician personally, and I love really great players and writers and singers. And you're kind of a triple threat in all that department. So when I, when I guess it was in, um, uh, when when did Right on Time come out? Was it late September, early October? It, it was uh, a it while was, ago. It was yeah. It was it was actually more like beginning of the summer when it just okay. came out, and then we started touring and you know made this really cool music video for it, and so it was it was sort of like the little song that could. <laughs> yeah. No. In fact, I think and and as a former music director for a major radio network, I got to say, in terms of hook and memorability uh, uh having it be memorable and the ability to kind of sing along almost immediately it's one of those songs that it just it it's going to live for a long long time and i want to ask you about the song but i want to ask you about you first um you are a jamming guitar player i mean <laughs> and it's not it's not the typical pop easy stuff you're doing deep jazz riffs in almost everything that you write and you're you're singing it and it's got the r&b and it's got the jazz and it's got a little bit of rock and of course it's country and you're from canada i mean all how how did all of those influences end up in, in the same place <laughs> i mean yeah i grew up in canada you know shania twain was my idol i started writing country songs when i was a little girl and then um i started hanging out with randy bachman from like the guess who and, and bachman turner overdrive um in my early teens, like when I was 13. And he was the guy who got me onto Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton and Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I just never really looked back from any of that music. So I am a guitar nerd to say the least, to say the absolute least. How many do um, you own? Oh my gosh, like around 50. <laughs> so I'm still working on my question. Honest question. 
more important <laughs> for Lindsay L to buy a new guitar or a new yep. pair of shoes? Woo! See, you hit my two weaknesses. <laughs> I mean, I always say guitar, anything about guitars, whether it's guitar or guitar pedal or something, I'm just like, yeah, I need that. I need that yeah. for my my work. But shoes, I'm just a sneakerhead, and um, and so I have almost fifty of those. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, but but they're pretty much the only two spots, you know. I've got a lot of friends in Nashville. I've done a tiny little bit of session work. I'm I'm nowhere near good enough to be you know doing what you guys do, but I do play at church on a regular basis. And, Amazing. you know, the, the keyboards have come a long way, what they can do and how you can sync them to click tracks and all kinds of stuff. I still stand in awe when I look across the stage and see all of the guitar players and all of the pedal boards that they have in front of them, usually all attached to one master thing that they carry in and out. But my goodness, what it can do now. And to think that back in the day, the day Phil Keggy and those guys were just figuring out how to do some of that stuff. But you, you've really taken it to another level. Why aren't more women playing guitar? Yeah, I've wondered that a lot myself, actually. Um, you know, I, I remember growing up listening to a lot of Phil Keggy and Tommy Emanuel and, and, um, and a lot of Bonnie Raitt. And there weren't a lot of women playing instruments leading a band. Even Cheryl Crow. I mean, she played yeah. the bass a lot, like leading her band. And I just thought it was so cool. And I, I think there are a lot more girls learning instruments right now. Um, I hope, selfishly, there are a lot more girls learning electric guitar. Um, but but yeah, there are always there always have been more male instrumentalists than female instrumentalists and i just think it takes like those few role models you know really yep. standing their ground like bonnie and and cheryl were definitely two for me that were you know jennifer batten there's 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 a list but it is relatively short ready or not we'll be right back that kevin show with kevin mccullough Now, back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. And welcome back to New York, Kevin McCullough. Glad to have you with us on the debut edition of that Kevin show. Uh, we are talking with Lindsay L. live from Nashville, who's joining us tonight, who uh, kind of a sleeper in the uh, New Music Spotlight Song of the Year contest at the end of 2022. Finished third, only behind two megastars. And uh, we're so honored to have her with us tonight. Um, and I, I, we were talking just before the break, uh, Lindsay, about the, the guitar and women and how come there aren't more guitar players who are female. And uh, I was just realizing the list is pretty small on the women's side, but the, the, the men's side seems to have uh, a long list of guys that play and we were we were just we we're touching on that compared to the list of guy guitar players and so i'm very proud that i can sort of carry that torch on yeah. and be like you know what girls can play guitar too and and this is how it's done no i love <laughs> it i love it so uh real quickly i want to talk about um right on time the the message of the song i find to be as as the father of a daughter um, I find to be really cool because I think one of the things we do too quickly sometimes in this culture is push people into relationships and sometimes not ones that are going to benefit them. And yeah. I was just thinking about the lyric the first time I heard the song and I thought, you know what, if, if my daughter and I had that conversation, uh, I would never be trying to push her to go, to, to go worry about being in a relationship, uh, until she's ready. 
Um, where did the inspiration for you for that message come from? What 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 was it in your life that said, I got to say this? This was definitely a personal song for me in a lot of ways. I remember shortly after I turned 30, I felt like all my friends were getting married and having babies and doing all of the life things that I was nowhere near close to to doing at the time. And so I I was like, man, am I, am I doing this thing wrong? Did I miss the memo on how you're supposed to you know, do your life. And, and then it just took like a few days, me waking up being like, no, we are all writing our own story in our own time. And that's going to mean something different for each and every one of us. And it should, because our lives are not supposed to be identical carbon copies of one another, you know, and it is very easy with social media, with societal pressures, with even pressure from friends and family to to feel like, oh, I better be doing this. I should be doing this. I should right. be married now. I should, whatever the thing is. Um, and I, I just think it's a really important reminder for us all every day sometimes, and I'm speaking like fully, wholeheartedly myself, um, just to, to remember that you're doing exactly life how you should be. And you're making the best decisions as you can in the moment. And what works for you may not work for somebody else. And, and that's okay. Everything's unfolding in your life as it should right yeah. on time. Well, not only does the hook work and the whole vibe, but I think it's the message in that song that gets across to people. And and I think they, I think we all just feel a little bit given permission to just be a little more okay by the end of that song every time we hear yeah. it, which is kind of an encouraging thing. Hey, real quickly, talk to me about the Make You movement. Um, I know that uh, it's important to you. What's the goal? What are you trying to accomplish? Uh, why, why does it uh, obsess your passion? Well, my passion in life is music and a, a deeper level of that is the fact that I can do what I love for a living and use it to do good. Um, I, I've always just looked up to artists who've grown these incredible platforms who then have a, a whole, whole universe for philanthropy and giving back. And so it's always been in the back of my mind to start my own foundation and to, and to really make a difference in in people's lives and in causes that that I care about. And um, shortly after talking about my story for the first time as a survivor, when I released my album, Heart Theory, I decided to launch my own foundation that could raise money to raise awareness and help other survivors feel like they don't need to be alone. Um, I know growing up, you know, um, when, I, when I was 13, I felt completely alone and I had no idea how to, how to even seek therapy or seek healing let alone not think that I was at fault and so I I really just want to be an extra voice and it's been insane ever like ever since releasing the song make you and then creating the making movement how many thousands of fans have reached out to me and been like thank you for writing this thank you for for letting me tell my story or they tell me their story and they're like I've never told anybody before in my life but I feel like I could talk to you and I just think that's the amazing thing about music. It, it has this force to connect us together as human beings on this planet. And not a lot of things do that to the level where like all bets are off the table, all guards are, are put down and you can really, um, you know, just be yourself. And so uh, I, I'm so grateful for that song and I'm so grateful for the making movement, the fact that I can give back and I can be there for other survivors and be like, I've been through this too. Like let's, let's walk this path of healing. Yeah. Uh, love that last, uh, area of question here. You recently changed your citizenship and you're uh, an American citizen. Um, why was that important to you? What was the process like for you? And, um, how does it feel? You know, it's, 
it's pretty incredible. Um, I, I will, I will. I noticed you had make... a party when, when it happened, yes. you, you, you celebrated. Thanks to little big town. They're so sweet. We were on the road, um, the day I passed my exam and, um, and they were, they throwed me a congrats on being an American party, which was so sweet. They're like the kindest people in country music. But, um, I, I've been living down here in the States for, for 10, 11 years now. And um, I, I just think it's really important to be able to participate in society and to be able to vote and to be able to really have a voice on issues that I care about. And um, and I, I always will be Canadian, but I always will live in this state. And so I feel like it was it was just time to for sure, like firmly plant plant my feet. And so, you know, I'm 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 a proud dual and I'm a very proud American and I cannot wait to uh you know do my piece. Well, it's great to have you uh welcome, uh, even though you've been here for a decade. <laughs> and thank you. Uh, thank you for all that you're doing and thank you for talking to us tonight. It's kind of a big night uh launching the new show and telling everybody uh the new music spotlight's gonna keep going, even though we've changed over the shows into this new thing. And uh yeah. you're already on the list for uh 2023. By the way, anything it. new coming out? Would when, when are we gonna see uh yes. another tune? I have been so busy in the studio working on new music and I'm very, very excited to uh, release it and let you guys see and no doubt that um, that you will be one of the first that that we let hear it. And uh, I just I cannot wait for all of you to hear this new music. That's going to be cool. Well, we appreciate it. And uh, I'm so happy that happy looks so good on you. I, I told you to be happy, but I hate how happy looks so good on you. <laughs> Uh, thank I'm you so, so much, thanks. Lindsay L. Welcome to America, and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Kevin. So good to see you. Ready or not, you'll be right back. That Kevin. Serving it up with a no-drink minimum. It's that Kevin show. All right. We just had a chance to get to know her a little behind the scenes. She's got some new stuff coming out. But tonight, the first new music spotlight of 2023, here is Lindsay L. I got a friend who just got married again. I don't know what the hell that girl does I can't even find a plus one My mama says I'm just too picky I guess, but isn't that better than selling life short For someone that you're settling for There's nothing wrong if it takes a bit longer To figure it out At least that's what I tell myself Somebody tonight Tickets so let a whole year go by us And then the stars don't line up Well that'd be 365 days, 52 weeks, 12 months That I've spent just to find out One person ain't the right one for me Whatever that means People make it 
that's the new American citizen, Lindsay L., and her big hit, uh, Right on Time. She's back on the spotlight stage in hour two. But we have got a lot more of That Kevin Show for you tonight, including supermodel Elizabeth Pipko, who will be with us in the second hour, and some News Headline Association, uh, kind of a new fun game we're going to play. Kevin McCullough from New York. Stay here. Hey, get the soundtrack. Search hashtag new music spotlight on Spotify or Apple Music. <laughs> 